1: By and large, ebook sales have flattened out to a very large degree, in large part because it's become uh, an extremely crowded marketplace where there are millions and millions of self-published books. And unless you're a marketing guru as an author, it's very difficult to make your book stand out. No. <laughs>
0: Hey there, and welcome back to The Writer Files. I'm your host, Kelton Reed, and this week, top-ranked New York literary agent Mark Gottlieb of Trident Media Group dropped by to enlighten us about all things publishing, including what it's like to work at one of the world's leading agencies, how to stand out as a writer, and the kinds of projects he's looking for right now. Mark grew up around books and best-selling authors, and the writing life had an influence on him from an early age. Inspired to go into the family business, he graduated with a degree in writing, literature, and publishing and began his career at Penguin. He's since gone on to become one of the top-ranked agents on Publishers Marketplace and has represented numerous award-winning and New York Times bestselling authors. Trident Media Group is a prominent New York agency that represents a diverse stable of over 1,000 best-selling and emerging authors across a wide range of genres in fiction and nonfiction. Marks option books for both film and TV, and is actively building a client list of authors at TMG. He previously ran their audiobook department and has worked in foreign rights. He has a passion for working directly with authors to help them manage and build their careers using the unique resources available to him at one of the world's leading literary agencies. If you're interested in an insider's take on how to get traditionally published today, stick around, this is a good one. And just a quick note that this episode of The Writer Files is brought to you by the inspiring team at Author Accelerator. You know that book idea rattling around in your head? Well, now is the time to take it seriously. And working with an Author Accelerator book coach is the best way to write forward. Author Accelerator book coaches give writers feedback, accountability, and support while you write so that you can get that idea out of your head and onto the page. And if you think book coaching sounds like a gig you'd like to do, many authors and copywriters have the exact skill set needed to become great book coaches themselves, including managing a project and understanding that creative process. Author Accelerator offers intensive book coach training and master classes, so you can add this premium service to your own arsenal. Writers can head over to authoraccelerator.com/slash/writerfiles for more information and to get the free seven-day writing challenge to start mapping out your book. That's authoraccelerator.com writerfiles. And in part one of this file, Mark and I discussed what it's like to grow up hanging out with Dean Kuntz and Tom Clancy, how to avoid overwhelm when you start your journey to publication, tried and true recommendations and resources for aspiring authors ready to reach out to an agent. How to use Publishers Marketplace as your giant Rolodex for book publishing. Why authors might choose traditional over self-publishing. How agents advocate for authors to make sure they take advantage of every possible opportunity. And the enduring power of print books, audiobooks, indie bookstores, and the power of the writing community. Stay tuned. The Writer Files is brought to you by my friends at copyblogger.com. Words that work. Build your online authority with powerfully effective content marketing. Get superior content marketing education so you can build a remarkable online presence. Authors, bloggers, journalists, online publishers, and entrepreneurs, head over to copyblogger.com to learn more. That's copyblogger.com. And if you're a fan of the Writer Files, please click subscribe to automatically see new interviews as soon as they're published. And leave us a rating or a review over on Apple Podcasts to help other writers find us. All right, we are back on the Writer Files, and I have a very esteemed guest today. Uh, We are lucky to have the top literary agent, Mark Gottlieb, popping by today. He is, uh, as I mentioned, from Trident Media Group, and uh, I think maybe the hardest working. Agent in the business. What's going on, Mark?
1: Hey, <laughs> thank you for that <laughs> very kind intro. I will try my best to uh, to live up to that. Yeah. Um, thank you. Uh, yeah, for having me on the show. I'm excited to to be here talking with you.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's different, I think, for the Writer Files. Um, but you know, we do teaching episodes where we get a subject matter expert on here to um, expound on their lifelong wisdom and and. It's interesting um, and fascinating to me, obviously, kind of from the other side, because we have interviewed so many best-selling authors um, who obviously had many of them, the traditionally published authors, a lot of help from their uh, qualified agents, and uh, you and Trident Media Group, one of the leading and and largest uh, and very diverse literary agencies, are kind of out there and in the wild and and you know you you run up against you know these these best-selling authors every day you yourself um ranks number one among agents on publishers marketplace and overall deals and i know trident is uh just rocking it out there
1: yeah thank you for that um it's true it's a big agency where i work we represent a lot of new york times best-selling authors and pulitzer prize winning authors they're probably over a thousand authors with the agency. It's, it's big as far as a New York literary agency goes. And, um, I mean, my ranking that you, you point out, you know, I'll just be clear, that's in volume of deals. So at one point, yes, I had ranked uh, number one overall on Publishers Marketplace in overall volume of deals. The agency itself though, where I work typically ranks number one on Publishers Marketplace, both for not only volume of deals, but amount of money for deals yeah. every year consecutively since 2004. Incredible. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we do we do a lot of good work, and we do work with a lot of those kinds of authors you were mentioning. A lot of big name best selling authors.
0: That's it's really cool to see, and um, you help you know authors manage grow their careers. Um, you offer a lot of resources, both and you know, of course I'll drop links to. You. Um, Trident Media Group's website, TridentMediaGroup.com, uh, your uh, agent page there. And you, you do also uh, offer some great resources on your own blog. So I'll put links to all those great things in the show notes and listeners can find those. Thank you. But yeah, you yourself have represented New York Times bestselling authors, award winning authors, uh, our friend James Breakwell. Oh, Yeah, <laughs> uh, funniest dad on Twitter, exploding unicorn and bare minimum parenting fame. I love that book. And he's a really cool guy. So I'll I'll drop a link to that interview also. But yeah, so let's get into what it's like for you as a as a litter agent. And I know you know I kind of joke about you expounding on the publishing secrets of you know that that world. But but really, you know, we kind of mentioned this before we started rolling. Mm -hmm. These these aren't secrets. Um, These are uh, well, there's well-known kind of resources out there that, that writers can Mm -hmm. tap into and really learn from before um, or during their search for an agent.
1: Right. That's right. Yeah. There are a lot of, I think, you know, things that work well for authors that they're not sure whether these are tried and true rules and, and how they should you know, for instance, construct a query letter. Yeah. And I suppose the only way to, you know, dispel um, secrets or myths is to say that I I find that there aren't necessarily rules in book publishing, but there are things that I've tried that I recommend to clients because I found that they've worked well, you know, it's kind of like uh, entertainment as a whole and, and book publishing as a part of that it's just full of people who can say no with only a very small handful of people who can say yes. And so why, why on earth would you want to give someone a reason to say no? You Mm. want to give them more reasons to say yes. So it's, I just try to help authors, you know, in removing a lot of, you know, potential roadblocks. Um, it's not just to say it has to be done one way though.
0: Right. Exactly. Well, let's go, let's turn back the clock a little bit. I usually ask authors about their kind of Superhero origin stories, but um, what what inspired you to become a literary agent?
1: So, I think unlike a lot of other folks who go into book publishing, as as it's come to be known as sort of the accidental profession, maybe you know uh, someone was an English major. They decided they didn't want to go into academia. They didn't want to turn that into a law degree, and they and they maybe found it was too difficult to write books. So maybe they Decided to go into publishing just by happenstance Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas with me it was different uh, in large part because I grew up in and around books all my life. My Dad happens to own and operate the agency where I work. So I Grew up around books from a very young age and was surrounded by You know best-selling authors from a young age, you know, I remember for instance eating Japanese food with Dean Koons or Being at Tom Clancy's <laughs> apartment um, and visiting him at his home or, or going up to Vermont to see Jana Ivanovich, you know, all people, you know, who he was working with and I was growing up around. So it was sort of a natural progression for me. And it's why I sought out a degree in writing, literature, and publishing and then, you know, gravitated toward the family business, as it were, and book publishing.
0: That's cool. Yeah. That must have been a really, really interesting childhood.
1: Oh, I mean, definitely a lot of uh, colorful characters, you could say. (laughs) Yeah. But it gave you a a love of storytelling and art, and it really, I think, enriched your life in a lot of ways. I remember growing up, a lot of my friends didn't really know what their parents did. You know, they were kind of uh, distant from them or or, or didn't show an interest in what they did. Mm. And um, I just remember our walls being lined with bookshelves and... You know, feeling good, feeling enveloped by books. That's cool. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at ollie.com. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think what I'd love to get into is just kind of, you know, what we can share with writers listening to this who may have manuscripts that are completed or in progress or nearly completed, not only about the resources that you kind of have access to with your storied kind of career, but, you know, maybe some best practices um, or venues that uh, we can share with them here and now for connecting with you and other potential agents out there um, that might be interested in helping uh, their careers?
1: Well, I think that there, there's a lot out there that can really overwhelm an author when they're trying to figure out how to find an agent or how to go on and get published. And I find that one of the simplest things an author can do is to use a, a resource like Publishers Marketplace, which I mentioned earlier in the show. It's mm-hmm. it's not only like a giant Rolodex for book publishing. It's also, you know, one of the industry standards for book news and deals being announced. Mm-hmm. It's sort it's different than Publishers Weekly magazine in that Publishers Weekly magazine is really. Um, outwardly focused at the book industry and and people and to people who read and review books um whereas publishers marketplace is a lot more inwardly focused within the industry and so authors can actually sound like a salesman for publishers marketplace but (laughs) they they can subscribe for free and they get emails um with new, news, free news updates, they see uh, deal announcements. If they pay, I think, for a membership, they can actually get beyond a paywall in the website, mm-hmm. and it's it's really not all that much, and what that enables them to do is they can look up any agency or book editor, the books they've sold or acquired. Uh, they can look up you know, contact information like email addresses, addresses, phone numbers, um it's kind of like IMDB Pro, but for books. Yeah. And cool. I think what's great about it is it really shows the author uh the rankings of all of these agencies. You know, I mentioned our agencies rankings before. You know, that's that's an an overall volume of deals and amount of money for deals, right? But what authors can also do is they can really drill down into, for instance, Who's the number one leading agent in, you know, I don't know, science fiction and fantasy or who's the leading agent in women's fiction romance? And they can see the recent deals and things like that. And so it's they can do a deeper dive that way, I think, than to be caught up in a lot of other stuff online, which can oftentimes, you know, I think be a distraction to authors. Mm -hmm. It's a really good site.
0: That's great. That's great. Yeah. The IMDb Pro for for writers is, is a, a good way to probably describe <laughs> that. I like that. What's the box office mojo for writers? Is that the uh, Nielsen? Uh,
1: I would say that, that would be Nielsen BookScan. Yeah. yeah. Box okay. office mojo. Like, like you say, you can look <laughs> at the budget of yeah. films and how well they have performed and how many territories and Nielsen BookScan yeah. will let you drill down on book sales. Yeah.
0: That's great. That's great. Um, I mean, an interesting question is, I'm sure, as you know, uh, so many writers look at like the self-publishing piece nowadays. Um, why, why should authors consider having an agent represent them as opposed yeah. to going it out in the wild on their own?
1: Well, I think there are a number of reasons, and you know, to speak about self-publishing itself, I would say that. By and large, ebook sales have flattened out to a very large degree. It's become in part in large part because it's become uh, an extremely crowded marketplace where there are millions and millions of self-published books. And unless you're a marketing guru as an author, it's very difficult to make your book stand out. Yeah. And even with that in mind, the other problem in the ebook space is that it's kind of been like a race to the bottom in that who can sell the most books for the lowest price. And when you do that, these authors are continually undercutting each other's business. And for instance, it's much better to sell, even if it's fewer books at a very high price, than many at an extremely, extremely low price. So, you know, that's been part of the problem, I think, of self-publishing and and the level of self-control. Now, there are some authors that early on, I think, in the ebook craze, sort of like the dot-com boom, Mm -hmm. you know, hit hit it big and, you know, it was like winning the lottery for them. But the majority of those authors took that as a springboard opportunity to make their way in traditional book publishing because, yeah, I think a lot of them realized that they didn't want to be locked into one ecosystem, which was smart because for those who got out in time, they, they didn't suffer from... You know, the kind of this I don't want to call an ebook market crash, but ebook sales are way, way down at the moment. Um, and uh, they got the authors who made their way from ebook into traditional, they were able to get themselves into other revenue channels, like you know, to see their books in print, in audio, uh, published and translated uh, overseas. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I think, I think there's still you know a lot of, of purpose to having a literary agent, uh, even with the opportunities that you know self-publishing has has afforded. An agent is someone who kind of advocates you know, on behalf of an author. Mm-hmm. They're really there in their corner to advise them, almost like a a business partner might. You know, yeah. we help to craft a pitch to publishers and uh, see their books submitted and published successfully. We helped to oversee all of the accounting and information tracking to try and get their books made into film and TV projects, done in audio and, and, and translated. That's cool. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker. You'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com.
0: Yeah, so I mean, to just shift gears a little bit from that piece, I mean, how do you feel about the importance of, you know, maybe the future of paper books now since that time, you know, since that kind of explosion, that, you, that boom that you spoke about and, and then what you're seeing now? You know, and you know, maybe you could tie that into I don't know this resurgence of like indie bookstores and and that,
1: that amazing uh, kind of
0: uh, community around
1: around books. Well, it's interesting that we're I think we're like the irony too is that we're on a podcast and you know there's <laughs> something of a renaissance right now for podcasts and it's the same actually for audiobooks where that market has had I think over a thirty seven percent increase recently yeah. um pr- print is still up uh, ebook sales are flat um, so I don't think print is going away anytime soon it could it be that you know it's totally possible that it could go you know you mentioned independent bookstores they could go the way of kind of vinyl record stores they might mm-hmm. end up you know becoming something of a novelty that you know hipsters enjoy and <laughs> Although I do think that print as a technology is, is a technology that was has been perfected. It's the best way to read a book to to yeah. really experience a book because, um, and certain books can only really be read that way. Like I don't I don't really see you know a children's bedtime story being read on an iPad as as uh, readily as you know. A printed book. Although, you know, that could change or it uh, might already be changing. And the same thing with art books, like a giant coffee table book or even literary fiction. Most people tend to want to proudly display that book on their shelves and have a physical copy. So yeah, it might yeah. be here to stay just in smaller numbers.
0: Yeah. Well, it's absolutely been proven that, that um, the best way to at least retain the information uh, is to read on paper. I've found that personally true but you know i do i do appreciate a good audiobook i i personally can only do like nonfiction audiobooks you know while i'm doing other things that require the use of my hands for instance um like exercising or uh uh, washing dishes or such
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah i think i think audiobooks in a way cater to excuse me our busy lives you know the the irony is that technology came along to supposedly make our lives a lot simpler but i think in the process it created a lot of distraction for people like now i hear of these camps where parents send their kids away to disconnect from their phones and ipads like they're sent to a camp where where they're not allowed to have electronics and so i think I think it's great too, like for anyone to kind of once in a while, just stop scrolling, decompress, take a break from the screen. Um, But I I think that's one of the driving forces behind audio books and that they, they really cater to, you know, the way technology has changed our attention spans. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do also agree with you that print the printed book, you know, can, be great for retaining information because it kind of does away with all those other distractions right if you're yeah. reading on a phone screen or an ipad a text message could show up or a notification right
0: yeah yeah there's something you know and, and i'm and i'm all for uh, um ebooks as well for uh I, you know there's something about probably you've experienced also um when you need something fast <laughs> an ebook mm. is great because you don't have to you don't have to travel to, to, to get it or it doesn't have to be sent to you necessarily it's it's right at your fingertips right um, sure grabbing an ebook and, and then you know um, I love that accessibility but yeah you're right the the, the, the um, unfortunate nature of notifications now can derail a you know any kind of a comprehension piece so um, we've talked about that at length actually um, with both uh, oh neuroscientists. And uh, I know there was a great podcast. I am um, I think it was it a was, uh, host of a WNYC show that I'll pull up here that was pretty cool. But anyway, oh. I digress. Well,
1: no problem. I mean, I know <laughs> that, that even among students reading textbooks, they've done studies that yeah. the students who read their textbooks on, with print as mm-hmm. opposed to digitally um, performed much better in their academics.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've talked about that a lot. And and uh, I think that's a really important neuroscience piece. Manush Zomarodi,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: she wrote a book called Bored and Brilliant. She's a WNYC podcast host, wrote this great book. And she was the managing, she was the host and managing editor of uh, Note to Self. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you ever caught that one, but Bored and Brilliant: How spacing out can unlock your most productive and creative self. And it has all these challenges for unplugging, really, mm-hmm. um, to kind of. Uh, get you back in touch with uh, the creative vein.
1: Yeah, I'm seeing books about that that subject now too. I mean, I have mm. this client, uh, Julie Albright, who's a sociology professor at USC, and she focuses on um, technology and its effects on us. Um, and she has this book called "Left to Their Own Devices." how digital natives are reshaping the American dream. And she mm-hmm. has this belief that in a lot of ways we've become untethered from our notion of the American dream, you know, kind of like in Amer- that movie, American beauty, you picture the white picket fence, the roses, yeah. two two car garage and all that. Now, you know, millennials are content to not own a car or a house, you know, right? right. in the sharing economy.
0: It's pretty interesting for sure. Thanks so much for joining us for this half of the Writer Files. And if you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating or a review to help other writers find us. You can always leave us a comment or a question and visit the entire archives at writerfiles.fm, where we also humbly ask you to support the show with a secure donation to help us keep going. Just click the little yellow PayPal donate button over at writerfiles.fm. And you can always chat with me on Twitter at Kelton Reed. Cheers, talk to you next week, and thank you.